Hey guys, it's Chris. Before we get to the next episode of Hosers, I wanted to take a couple of minutes and speak about some news that's just come out regarding the passing of Columbus Blue Jackets goaltender Matisse Kivlenix. Uh, terrible, terrible, sad, and heartbreaking news uh, coming out of Columbus this morning uh, that their 24-year-old goaltender uh, passed away uh, sometime last night. Um, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Um, while editing the podcast, more and more news is coming out, and I just thought it was appropriate, you know, to share our condolences and our sympathies uh, for his family, uh, fans of, of his in Latvia and all over the world. Uh, it's it's tremendously heartbreaking news. And, uh, you know, for a goalie that had a lot of promise, for a person that by all accounts, um, you know, brought a lot to the hockey world and the world at large, it's, it's terrible news. Um, and again, uh, our condolences and sympathies for the Kavlenix family and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. Hey guys, welcome to Hosers. This is episode 87. It's the Vadim Chipashov episode. Uh, and, you know, like Vadim Chipashov, who uh, ran away when things got bad in Vegas, uh, Carter's not with us. That <laughs> doesn't really work. <laughs> no, doesn't that's really good. Work. That's good. Could we go with that? Yeah? yeah. A little bit of a deep cut. Only the real Vegas Golden Knight fans will know the reference. But, my name's Chris Killingsworth. Joining me as always is my co-host, uh, Thomas Williams. What's going on, Thomas? Nothing much, Chris. Um, yeah, just hanging out in Oshawa and enjoying um, some playoffs, I guess. But it's kind of sad that they're ending, though, because then, like, my whole identity as a person is kind of, like, stopping. And I don't know what to do at night, except, like, I guess I'll switch to baseball. Like, Olympics yeah. are starting, I guess. Begrudgingly. Yeah, I don't know. But it's it's weird. It's going to be an awkward time. But um, yeah, it is probably going to be ending tonight as we're recording. And then it'll, this will be immediately out of date. Um, but it's yeah. to, I thought it's tomorrow night. Is it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's two days off. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So if you listen so to this on Monday, then perfect. Yeah, right. we'll have this up. We'll yeah. have this up. Um, it's Sunday, uh, which means that, um, you know, Thomas and I skipped going to church so that we could record the pod. Um, but if I get out of here at a good enough time, I might still have time to hit up the 11 o'clock mass. So uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, probably not going to. But we're, um, uh, we're going to H-E double hockey sticks. Got it. H-E double hockey sticks. That's right. That's right. Um, what's new, man? How are things going? Um you know, uh, nothing. I, uh, man, I was, I was going to bring something up and I forget. Oh, I just tweeted about it, but I, uh, this is a big moment for me and maybe Carter would appreciate this, but, um, 
I'm going to become a chain guy. I got a nice little gold chain. Oh, that's cool. That's not weird. It's like, it's just like, you know, just an identity crisis. Um, As someone that never accessorized. And now I want to. Yeah, yeah. I respect that, actually. That's, uh, Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, Carter would love that as the fashionista on the the podcast, because it's sure as hell not near Thomas um but yeah no i think it's i think it's the move man i kind of like aside from you know here here's my thing i think when you get married and you have to start wearing your wedding band i mean you don't have to but you probably should um that's always a weird move eh? like guys that you know are married and don't wear their wedding bands yeah and it's not like they're like you know i've got a buddy like my friend dan who coaches with carter and i he's a firefighter so he has like this band that he wears to hockey and stuff because it's like um uh it, it's kind of it's it's almost like a silicone material that like a lot of people oh, are like yeah police I officers see. or firefighters you know those types and of like things construction better. workers too yeah because it yeah, won't right, snag yeah. right yeah yeah uh but guys that you know are married who don't wear their wedding rings i mean no judgment but you know i gotta ask the question are you happy in your marriage and if yeah. you're not you know maybe you gotta Maybe you got to not be in a marriage. That's my thought. But anyways, when you start wearing a ring all the time, you start, yes, it is. Yeah. And this uh, episode is brought to you by Killingsworth Marriage Consultants. No, both my parents are divorced. That doesn't really count. Um, I always make the joke to Robin, like, oh, we got to get our first marriage out of the way before we're, you know, in our thirties. I'm 32, so it doesn't really work. But um, in any case, for me, like the, the thing that's kind of the mo- most interesting is that when you start wearing jewelry, like a wedding band, you start to think, oh, I could wear a bracelet or I could wear a chain yeah. and um, you're not wearing it right now. Or maybe you are. Huh? No, no, no. Your, your necklace. Oh, I ordered it. I haven't got it yet. Love it. Yeah, I had this discussion with my one of my younger brothers the other day because he bought this necklace. And I was like, all right, man, like yeah. do do what makes you happy. Um, but uh, I mean, it's a far cry from um, you know, when I was in grade eight and I like love Ja Rule, like Murdoch, you know. And I used to wear this like bulldog pendant that I got from Stitches. Um was it like Echo? Like <laughs> no, X X Co. Not Echo. Let's Sorry, Echo was a rhino. Actually, yo, fun fact, you can get Echo at Walmart now. Oh, shit. Not inter- yeah. international clothiers anymore? No. You're still able to get your Spitfire t-shirts there. But, um, yeah, anyways. Oh that's like all, yeah. that's Oshawa fashion pretty much. I love Just, it. I know, love it. Yeah, big DC clunky ass shoes. <laughs> Oh but yeah, not, not like ironically in cool, like, <laughs> but just like actually, I got this at Walmart or Zellers from like twelve years ago. Maybe it's just like ultimate comfort that like regular Joes like you and I are never gonna be afforded the opportunity to wear those shoes because we can't skateboard. Well, exactly. Like I'm wearing Vans and it's, <laughs> and it's enough. Yeah, I, already, I get it, man. I'm a, I'm a big poser. But, uh, Do you remember uh, the sh- the store? There definitely was one in the Oshawa Center oh, called sure. Randy River. No, actually. Do you remember Randy River? Was it like Northern Getaway? No, not? not at all. Okay, it was kind of like 
I can't really describe it. Those who like get the reference will get like the Spencer's? reference. No, I can't even really compare it to anything. Basically, they'd sell kind of like so. Think of like stitches, and think of like the men's side of stitches. Now, think if the men's side of stitches had their own store, that would be Randy River. So it was basically like you know, kind of baggier jeans and like the late '90s, early 2000s. But then they also had like kind of clever T-shirts. So, like, um, do you know what the phonics program is? No. Holy fuck. You're so such a baby. So phonics is this program in like the nineties that was like to help kids learn how to read. So it was like flashcards and like the the tagline was like hooked on phonics, but hooked with spell like hooked, like, you know, H O O K E D and phonics is P H O S. ICS or might it I can't remember anyways I had this shirt that my mom bought me and she listens obviously so I wonder if she'll remember the shirt but she bought me this shirt that said hooked on phonics but it was like h-o-o-k-t-e-n-f-o-n-i-x and like the letters were like also upside down very problematic t-shirt because I stand with uh, people that are dyslexic and this yeah. is definitely who this shirt was like kind of mocking. Like, anyways, so problematic streetwear uh, is a Randy River, so I guess is what I'm trying to say. Randy River is like if Blue Notes opened up in like 90s South Oshawa. Dude, honestly, I <laughs> it's closer to Blue Notes probably than it is Stitches now that I think of it. Because Stitches yeah. would sell that, or sorry, um, what's it called? Blue, Blue Notes would sell that type of stuff too. I wonder, yeah. I don't know. We're not going to go down like the, <laughs> you like, know, the retail it, podcast. Yeah. If, you know? if like, okay, it's a spectrum. Randy River is at one end. Blue yeah. Notes is in the middle. And Aeropostale is at the other end. Blue no. Notes is like. Well, yeah. Aeropostale would be like the higher end. At the other, yeah. At the other end than Randy River. And then in the middle is Blue Notes. Yeah. So I'm looking up oh. Randy River online here. It sounds like a poor name too. It, it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's saying Randy River still exists in the Georgian Mall uh, oh, of up course. the street here. Which if it was, I would be the store manager. I'll tell you that for free. Um, but yeah, I just did a quick Google search here. And it, along with some other retailers that have gone into business, such as Jacobs or Zellers, oh. it's a Huffington Post article. Very interesting. But anyhow, <laughs> um, the type of stuff that these guys would sell is just absolutely fugly. Um, but I don't know how we got here. Doesn't matter. Um, Randy River. Randy swag. River. Speaking of Randy River. Um... <laughs> The uh, <laughs> can't wait for a, this. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of uh, the Edmonton Oilers are interested in Duncan Keith. Uh, wow. <laughs> Randy Yo, Randy, honestly, if you look at a photo of Duncan Keith with like yeah. kind of the longer hair, he could have been the key holder at Randy River. I'm not joking. Like, yeah, he he looks anyways. he he looks like uh, an employee at like west 49 in like 2008 
you know Carter was the manager of the West 49 no theory, fucking right? way no way. yeah you knew that story no, did did. You? yeah no. I don't know if he was the store manager but he was he definitely was. the assistant manager of course yeah take a look at that guy he looks like he would be the manager of a West 49 oh, he's all it tatted is, up it, good it is body. so funny like yeah it's just funny that the characters that work at like a van store West 49 or like any American listeners would be like um fuck pack sun like yeah yeah or zoomy zoomies is like more gen z z whatever um yeah my 49 my youngest brother sam was a key holder at zoomies uh while he was in school and uh yeah they sold some like kind of normal stuff yeah i don't know i would say they're like a higher end west 49 yeah like west 49 would be where like i don't know like kids that are on scooters would yeah shop and then zoomies is like you're starting out skating yeah. or something like yeah. i actually worked at a west 49 for two pay cycles there you go when i was between jobs in university and i couldn't get full time so i took a part-time job at west 49 and i got a part-time job as a stock boy at stitches now you oh know God. And then I left both of them uh, when I dropped out of university to go back to Rogers. That's the story. Now you know this. Now you're fully caught up. I feel like working, um, like people go down different paths and sometimes it's like different, but like it's almost like a sorting hat of like, are you working retail in high school or are you working in the food industry? A thousand percent. It's just like a, a different, percent. like a fork in the road that you all, like some people jump in between, like my little sister. Uh, worked at Starbucks before I did and then uh, and then switched and then she worked at like Banana Republic sometimes and stuff but um, love that the holy trinity Banana Republic Gap (laughs) Old Navy (laughs) yeah that's Uh, my shit yeah man what a good time just those high school jobs it's so good but yo do we want to talk about the Duncan Key thing because that's actually crazy let's pivot here a little bit so yeah, so it's basically if you haven't heard Duncan Keith reported by Freeman. I love just like this time of year where like you'd never expect like tweets at all, and then like it's just out of nowhere, and then it's like a waterfall of stories come out. Now. Yeah, especially the like, last couple of weeks. Yeah, and like yeah, and then in Minnesota, the Erickson I can now resolve and stuff, but anyways, um sticking with Duncan Keith, we don't know. Uh reported by Friedman the other day, uh Duncan Keith wants to move out of Chicago and play closer to home. And he's from Winnipeg, but he has a place in Penticton, I believe. Um, yeah. So that's in BC. Um, so he's like thinking of Pacific Northwest or Western Canada. That was what he specifically said. And then Rick Dollywall, uh, Vancouver media person, um, personnel. And like, honestly, the <laughs> one person that's like tweeting a lot of Canucks inside info or whatever. Um, yeah. said that the Canucks like didn't even know like like <laughs> that's just like Doug he said he wanted to go to Western Canada and then he like yeah but not Vancouver please like fuck no yeah because you know Jim Benning hasn't set up the voicemail on his Motorola Razor so you know yeah. like let's assume that Stan Bowman made some calls there's no way it's going to be like the mailbox that you have <laughs> we know that, that like I think you have that you don't have your voicemail set up oh no or it's well, Carter that doesn't. Recently. One of you guys doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Anyways, 
it is weird though, right? Like Duncan Keith, what do you think? Hall of Famer? Like he's got to be a Hall of Famer oh. based on what we've seen. No, I don't think so. Okay, listen, he was like, a top five defenseman for probably 10 years and he has fallen off a cliff the last couple of years. Yeah, maybe it's just recency bias for me um, that's like soured him. But he's yeah. just like played a lot on yeah. teams that were good. Right. So I guess that makes, I don't know. It's well, like, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's tricky too, because the narrative has kind of been the same around Duncan Keith all these years. Like, yo, he's got a good cap hit um, and he has leadership and he's won three cups and all of those things are, are fine and dandy. The thing that's crazy to me is that they talk about like how he took a haircut to stay with Chicago the contract that he is currently on, which I think has yeah. maybe two years left two on years it, left, yeah. is a 13-year contract. So we're talking about the like an, an average annual value of whatever it is, five, five, point, and, a half. five and a half, right? Yeah. But that's still like a $70 million contract that just happens to be that old, right? Like yeah. it's just a, this ancient contract. Now, for me all this conversation about, oh, Chicago's going to send him to Edmonton and Edmonton's going to trade Caleb Jones and Caleb is going to want to play with Seth and vice versa. So Seth Jones is going to get up in, uh, you know, in, in Chicago. Um, I don't know. It just, it seems crazy to me that, that that would happen, but they would need to move a defenseman, excuse me, and cap space to try and make a deal like Seth Jones work anyways. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, like it's totally pleas like plausible, pleasable, plausible. Um, but I think, so this is more so coming from Duncan because he wants out because it's not the team wanting to move on from the last two years. Um, he is not a good defenseman anymore. I was honestly surprised. So I wrote a little thing for Yahoo about this. And like, I was honestly surprised that he kept his minutes. Like he still, he was still playing like 23 minutes a night last season. Like that's yeah. fucked. Like, I don't know if he's gonna get better the like less he plays, like if he's behind nurse, and that's what like a lot of Oilers people are saying, like, oh, he'll get so much better if he plays like second pairing or even like third pairing with like PK specialty or something, or I don't know, like, but he's just not as mobile as he was. And like, I don't know, like maybe sure, and it'd be nice to have that experience in the room, but it's also like how much do you pay for that? Like how much do you um, like give up for that? Like you still right. have to pay that guy's contract and you just signed Nugent Hopkins to a massive extension. And um, like, it's still a lot for a guy. And if you're paying prospects and picks, like I think Chicago wants, because there's still value in Keith around the league. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, then I don't know. But like from Edmonton's point of view, like, if you're moving on from Jones in that trade, then I don't think it makes sense because Jones will be better literally just next season. Like then Keith, like yeah. he's already better and he's going to be better for longer. So yeah. like it doesn't. And like, as much as like that family just fucking sucks. Like uh, just the, they're like alt-right fucking bullshit, but uh, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but like, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I don't know. Like, I get it. Ken Holland wants fucking like experience, but 
also you could get that somewhere else and you can just get better it's really not even the blue line that's the matter either like you're, if you know that oh for edmonton you mean for edmonton yeah yeah like i think you just need depth forwards and you have enough like if you just make the right decisions and might right trades then it'll kind of get fixed yeah well the the issue here is is that like if seth jones goes to chicago let's just say like for me, he immediately becomes their best defenseman. So like, I don't know if you've looked at the defensive Chicago, pairings yeah. in Chicago recently. Yeah, that fuck, it's fucking sucks. It's it's just really bad. Like I like Riley Stillman, Connor Murphy, a little bit over the hill, not crazy about him. Ian Mitchell's going to be a great defenseman someday. Nikita Zadorov is is a big big uh, defenseman. Um, that's really all I got to say about that. Um, you know what I mean? So it's, it's just, it's interesting to me that we're, we're kind of in this place, but um, by that same token, um, I don't know, like, is there another landing spot that makes sense? I feel like Vancouver doesn't really make sense. No. If well, like, he were to go to, sorry. maybe he goes to Calgary. Like what if Giordano, so, Giordano gets picked up? Yeah. So, you know what Dali, I mean? Daliwa also mentioned, cause there's a lot of conversation and it was basically like, he said that it's a foregone conclusion and like most people are already saying that. Yeah. Like he, he's going to Edmonton. Cause like, yeah, it would be a, like interesting if you went to Seattle um, in a trade, especially like see if you, I don't know what that would do for Seattle other than experience kind of just same with Edmonton. Yeah. But yeah, like that would be a kind of a bad two-year contract to get under as like right off the hop. Um if like Chicago wants to pay them to take Duncan Keith in expansion draft and kind of have like a, I don't know if he has a no move clause. Um, but yeah, like if it's a, like if it's a expansion draft thing, then sure. Like give me a first and I'll take Keith off your hands. Um, yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I think Calgary was also out of the loop, similar to Vancouver. Um, what I was thinking about is that there's also reports out of Vancouver that Nate Schmidt wants out. Of Vancouver. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So if you, if Vancouver, like if it's a swap, then I don't see how it's better for Vancouver for either team. Because yeah. Schmidt's not played well uh, since being in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, so it's a different kind of thing. And he has a really big, like, I think it would just be Edmonton no matter what. And they have the space to work with and only really have like, I think Yamamoto really to sign. Yeah. Um, and like Mike Smith's on expiring deal and they might. You're going to see like, hell, maybe you'll see his points go up and people will be like, yeah, we told you so, but it's like, it's the difference between like not playing with McDavid and playing with McDavid. Like if he's yeah. playing with him a lot. So man, it's just, yeah, it's not a good situation. Yeah. It's a lot for sure. Um, I don't know if you know this, but you just kind of sounded like Megatron when you spoke a little robotic sounding. I still got the gist of what you were saying, but I hope the the listeners understand that we are an Autobots podcast um, in case there were any doubts. Um, Is it's that usually- better? That's way better. Yes. Okay. I, sometimes my mic fucks up. I'll, I'll okay. have to edit that out. Yeah, whatever. All good. 
Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Absolutely. Um, another kind of interesting thing that we should talk about, obviously, is the Stanley Cup finals potentially yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, I guess. It's probably important we speak about it. Now, I know we missed like what a week and a bit, shocker, um, yeah. that we haven't recorded. So we didn't get to talk about the Golden Knights losing out to Montreal. Um, did you have any thoughts on that series? I know it's been a little while now, but thought it might be worth it to talk about it. Um, not really. Like it was interesting that obviously that Montreal won. Um, I think they would have had a more difficult time with Colorado. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Like it was basically just like goaltending mixed with some luck, but also like Montreal was able to stave off some of their offense, um, and use their strategy effectively. But when it, as soon as it hit the, cup final kind of just all disappeared and i think tampa just took advantage of either fatigue or really like just their offensive depth because vegas doesn't really have a lot of that beyond the like even the first line um so it's it's tough to see like maybe yeah i don't know i don't know what vegas could have done different other than like completely change in the middle of the series um, yeah. But I'm glad that it happened because I don't like Vegas and we don't like Vegas. Nope. Um, Hate him. But honestly, as soon as they take the cup final, it was kind of like very like content with whatever would happen. Like Tampa's whatever, but it's, I don't know. I feel like it was inevitable that Tampa was going to win again. No. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you've said. I think the thing with Vegas that was frustrating was they just could not adapt at all. Yeah. And, it's, uh, you know, at this point, I almost feel like there was enough on how Ducharme coached and they didn't have Ducharme coaching, but it's not as if their system changed overnight because they had a different coach. Um, and I just don't think that they had the change agility to change quick enough. I think their center depth is a big problem, huge problem. Yeah. Um, and as much as I love Chandler Stevenson, and I think you know, William Carlson is a great center. I don't think either of those guys are number one centers. Um, no. I think Stevenson probably slots in in the three spot for me. William Carlson maybe in a second spot on a good team. Um, but it just, it's a glaring weakness. And I think you look at Nick Suzuki, who was drafted by Vegas Golden Knights, and then you see the clinic that he puts on against the team that drafted him. And then you look at it and go, Oh, Montreal, if I'm not mistaken, asked for Cody Glass in that trade, and they mm-hmm. weren't getting Cody Glass. Oh my God. And then you look at Cody Glass now compared to Nick Suzuki, and you go, uh, That's you know so what? <laughs> you wish that they had traded Cody Glass. I like Cody Glass. I think he's a great player. Yeah. Um, but he has he hasn't it hasn't happened for him yet, right? So Um, it's, it's difficult to watch obviously. And I think that, um, if they had had a little bit more depth that way, um, if they could do something a little bit better, you know, when transitioning, that's another thing with Vegas that's frustrating for me is that I don't think they transition in this series as well as they have shown that they can do. Um, Mark Stone was just terrible, um, which is uncharacteristic for him. 
he looked very slow and he's also like not a great skater to begin with. That's definitely yeah. not his calling card. Um, but I don't know, man, do you think that they maybe look at that, um, you know, rumor that was floating around at trade deadline of moving out patch ready? Do you think maybe they look at moving out patch ready or one of their $12 million goaltending tandem to address, you know, some of the glaring weaknesses at center? What do you think they should do? Yeah, like I, I think they definitely want to improve in that position. And there's definitely some available, like obviously writing about the Minnesota wild every day. Um, I basically talk about their center depth and their need for something uh, this summer. And we interest you in a slightly used Victor Rask. Oh my God. Perhaps. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, no, but there's like, I was going to say Kuznetsov. And then I was like, Oh fuck. Like, their experience of disgruntled Russians isn't very, uh, isn't very pleasant as we already set off the top of this episode. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like there's people available out there. Like even if it's an Alexander Wemberg or something like, or yeah. like, I don't know. I didn't know. Like they just lost to him. So they might pull a Durant and he might sign with them <laughs> uh, or the opposite Durant. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's tricky because also like it also comes to like you said up like at the beginning of this like it comes down to tactics and like mid-game presentation of your like players really like it's what tampa did almost immediately in game one was like oh yeah we could stick our third line on the deno line like they're most dangerous and they're most like dominant line and then be like okay perfect then we have our two top lines to deal with like i don't know Paul Byron, like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, it's just so easy just to be like, yep, okay, we'll match that. And then, yeah, and then we'll win, like, and then we'll completely dominate for three games now. Like, it's just, like, it's it's just so simple, and it's just, like, maybe it's Pete DeBois, like, just Pete DeBois. Oh, my God, I said DeBois. Um, Pete DeBois, like, overthinking it and just trying to, like, yeah, we'll just run our guys out there. We I trust them all. And just overthinking that and over like hyping their own players. But I don't know. It just seems like it was so obvious out there that like Montreal offensively is one line and then there's like good system wise the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I don't know. It's, it's exciting that the golden Knights have gotten to this place where they can reflect on their successes over the last several years and, you know, feel good about how far they've gone um it'll be interesting to see what method seattle has and we're what under three weeks away from uh the expansion draft which will be really interesting i know i'm really excited and looking forward to it um what about the tampa and uh, islanders series we didn't really touch on that a whole hell of a lot um did you have any thoughts on that one yeah i think it was closer than a lot of people were like then obviously the Tampa Montreal one. Yeah. I think it was kind of a layer like conclusion after the kind of the semifinals have been figured out, but yeah, it was really interesting. Cause like New York was basically able to do what Montreal did like just this season for the last like five years and just like, yeah, exactly. And just kind of perfect it ever since trots came in and like, I did hate the like takes that come out of Islander success of like every player, every team needs like a Matt Martin, Leo Komarov, Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Sizikis. Like 
bottom depth. And it's like, man, like it's just more so players committing to your style. And like, yeah, those players don't really contribute significantly, but it's like the other ones just holding up its slack and like being able to have like a decent blue line and goaltender. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Like, I think by the end of it, I don't think the islands are going anywhere. Um, Although they're kind of fucked cap wise because they still have some yeah. guys to sign, but uh, it would, I think that they could just easily like replace any of that bottom, any player with like any replacement level player and then have them play the like the season of their careers. Um, yeah. Just the way that they play, but I don't know. It's going to be an interesting off season for them, but I think we saw a lot of kind of just what Tampa can do on both ends of the ice and with everything. Like they literally have like, Every stereotypical, like, oh, you need this to win a cup. You need this to win a cup. You need this to win a cup. Yeah. Tampa has all that. Like, it's just like, un- it's not unfair, but it's just like, it's just a brilliant, like, masterpiece of like team building and roster building and like creating enough of like a culture, as much as like I don't use that word a lot, but it's a mu- enough of like stars taking a couple million in a pay cut. Or like yeah. staying that way so that they could afford players like Yanny Gord down the lineup, just like the complete contracts of Tyler Johnson, who like came up has come up really big this series, and kind yeah. of keeping him. And the fact that he was on waivers early this year is kind of wild. Um, but yeah, I think it's just we've seen a lot from Tampa, and I don't think a lot of teams can kind of replicate that. It's basically like a 10-year process of like drafting, staying in the hunts, like they haven't been this like they're just entering kind of like they're like really peak after years and years and years of like trying to get there right no you know what i'm saying like it's it's a long process of a team and teams can't just be like we're just going to do the tampa model because then that means like a decade of time given into drafting and development and just like scouting your ass off of like just prospects that will eventually pay off like i remember the old joke was like seeing a player play so well at world juniors and then it's like oh of course it's a lightning prospect and then now they're see now they're like reaping those rewards after like five years of that like still like kind of funny narrative story like anecdote yeah and now they're finally getting that reward and it might result in back-to-back cups yep yeah and i think like the one thing that you know is is pretty well known about tampa but like Syracuse, their farm team is just stacked with this talent. Yeah. Every year there's a player who's, you know, between five, seven and five, 10 that lit up the queue that's come into play for Syracuse on either an AHL contract or an entry level contract. Um, you know, so from that perspective, they've got it coming right over and over and over again each time. Um, when I look at the Islanders, I think, you know, for as defensive as they are, um, and I think obviously that's a strength of Barry Trotz's system, I also look at it and go, okay, well, what what kind of damage could they do if they were able to get another winger that could play with Barzal, right? What and I know that that's... Hall? Yeah, and I know yeah. it's, it's a bit of a lazy take, but like we've seen this clip over and over again. I know you know the one I'm talking about where Barzal just keeps possession for like 40 seconds, right? He's dancing around everybody. And Eberle is being blocked off, so he's not passing it to Eberle. And his other line mate, 
Leo Komarov, who's probably not going to bury it in, in a significant way. A goal is a goal, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? So like, what would it look like, right? And when they're up against the cap and they've got some decisions to make that way, like I liked Palmieri. Um, I liked Zajac as well. I wonder if either of those guys come back. But even if I look here at some of like the top free agents that might be able to make it happen, like Taylor Hall obviously would be a, a pretty interesting piece there. You and I were joking around about Thomas Tatar yesterday. You know, he's got a bit of a goal scoring touch. I don't yeah. know if, what's going to necessarily happen there. Brandon Saad might be interesting. Mikhail Grandland. Yeah. I don't know. Where? What do you think? Would any I of those jump off? I think they need to get someone, but it all depends. Oh, man. I don't have like, the fucking cap in front of me. But, uh, let me see this shit. Here, let me throw another name out to you that okay, I think thanks. could be interesting. Let me throw this name to you. Mike Hoffman. No, no. I know he he's scores not- goals, but he literally, like, is... He's not able to create his own space. Like, he knows exactly where he needs to be to score a goal. Yeah. But he doesn't, like, drive play enough that he can, like, correctively, like, effectively score them you know like he's basically yeah, become a power play specialist with that extra space like he can't have that space on his own. the space yeah yeah. so yeah, holy fuck i didn't know that those three players that i mentioned the i know sezikas is a free agent but like i didn't know matt martin i forgot that he re-upped with them yeah also because i thought that was ending i thought this was he was still on his deal with from the leafs yeah, that four-year deal, yeah. Yeah. Four-year deal, yeah. And then Komarov still has a year left. Cal Clutterbuck still has a year left. Like, it's it's also, it hurts signing guys like Josh Bailey, who's, like, good, but, like, you literally never hear of him, mm-hmm. to, like, a $5 million deal. Like, it's just, like, it's just little things that, like, just hurt you a little bit. And, like, it's good to have those players, but it's also, like, it also sucks when you're paying them a lot. Like, can I, can I, can I play a little bit of, uh, Lamorello's advocate? You see, yeah. because he used to be the GM of the devils a little dub, you know, you oh my God. anyways, let's keep it moving here. Um, okay. So if we believe so strongly that the Islanders have this great system that they can kind of plug and play different guys up and down the lineup, right. Is it yeah. reasonable to assume that you might become a bit more defensively responsible if you were playing a system that was conducive to that. And by that, I mean, like, does a guy like Hoffman become a little bit more defensively responsible? Because I don't know if you remember Jordan Eberle on the Edmonton Oilers, but woof, defensively was not, was, was not an attribute of his. I don't think of Jordan Eberle and go, Oh yeah. Two-way guy. Right. He is a bit more so now, but I don't know, maybe they need like a bit of a reclamation project. Right. Um, and I don't like think may- Hoffman's yeah. going to be more than what two or three million this year. Probably he stunk in St. Louis. Unfortunately, it didn't really work out there. Um, mm. You know, I don't know. Do we see a version of him like the one that played in Florida or the one that played in Ottawa? You know what I mean? I, I don't necessarily yeah. feel like he's a player that you know exactly what you're going to get. But I don't know. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Um, some ideas that might work to help drive a little bit more goal scoring on that club. Yeah. Okay. Let me look at his numbers. If Pajot ever played with 
Hoffman. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. In Ottawa. When, what years did they overlap? Fuck them. Uh, uh, I don't know. Let me look it up. I guessed 2015 to 2008 or 18. Does that make sense? <laughs> um. Well, yeah, he's been there for three years. Peugeot, you left in last year. Yeah, Hoffman was on the Senators full time in 2014. Okay. And this is a guy that's, and you know what? I'm looking at his numbers in St. Louis. They're not awful. They're actually quite a bit better than I thought they were. He still put up 17 goals. They're like empty goals, though. Like it's still like, I know. It's, it's very like empty calorie points. Like it's, he was so bad defensively. Like, I so know, but if bad. you look at 18 and 19, though, when he was playing in Florida, 36 goals one year, 29 the following year, like this guy's putting up 20 goals in his sleep, basically. I think and I get what you're saying. I think he's really, really good in Florida. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, he just looks different. I don't know. Like, I am seeing now, maybe it was just St. Louis being so fucking shit, but like, he did have a positive like shot share at even strength. Yeah. Yeah. The last year oh, that no. they played together was 17, 18. Oh no, no, sorry, not even strength. It was all so he's very good. He was very good on the power play. He had a 44% shot attempt share yeah. at even strength. So it was not very good in St. Louis, but he's basically been like a 50% guy his whole career. But anyways um yeah like i think it yeah i think he'd be worth it as like a league minimum guy like why the fuck not especially when you're paying so many guys but it's also hard when like those gambles don't work out and it's like okay what do i do now like because you're so tight like if you just take if they could afford into that next round of like of players like those that next level kind of like what they did with with eberly and being able to like get him and just be like just that little extra like four or five million guy, then that'd be great. But I just, it's hard to say, like, let me just look here. Like if you could get, uh, I don't know, like a Jaden Schwartz for like, I think he'll honestly get a pay raise and he was making five, three, like he might yeah. get six. Fuck. It depends what, you know, with the, how they're Bozak like get a Bozak for like two years. He's 35. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't know, man. Holy it's shit. it's interesting. Fun. We're going to have to, it's going to take us some time to solve the Islanders woes. I don't know if we have, uh, you know, a, a ton of time, uh, you know, to kind of, to kind of do that, but it's, it's definitely interesting. And I wonder what, what ends up happening in free agency with, with those teams, because, you know, I think if you look at Tampa Bay and Montreal, like, Tampa has been dominating Montreal, obviously. Um, It hasn't looked good. The defense hasn't looked good. Um, I don't know if we said this at the beginning of the pod, but the reason that Carter's not here is because he's putting all of his power and magical Habs energy uh, into them winning the game tomorrow. Um, So he's in Montreal right now. Now you know. Um, But He's he's busy tailgating and being depressed. Yeah, it's, it's a sad time. You can see him there. Um, look for the tattooed guy moping around on a Patrick Waugh jersey, and um, that's him. That's him. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's definitely weird. Um, I will say that the narratives and the absolute hot takery that's about to happen if the Habs get swept oh is going to be like, the North sucked. No, it didn't. The North actually did suck. Well, it was it was kind of a weird year. The divisions were kind of fucked. Like the hot takes are going to be ridiculous. Um, as someone who wants one of my best friends to feel the joy of seeing his team win the Stanley Cup, um, and I do, I also feel like if they get swept, it almost, you know, there are going to be some like reasonable fans that are like, yeah, you know what? Like we were, we, we did the best that we could. And, you know, maybe it's about all the friends we make along the way, you know, swear to God, you know what I mean? Like that type of stuff. But like at the same time, if they get swept, you know, you know, the guy in Laval sitting in his pickup truck with his Oakley sunglasses on. You're talking about Grant McKay? Yeah, I'm talking about Grant McKay. Yeah. <laughs> you know the hot taker is going to be like, it didn't matter. Carrie Price choked. This, that, the other thing. Blah, 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 blah. Actually, blah. no, it wouldn't be It wouldn't be Grant because he's too much of a pot. Like, oh my God, he had the fuck, funniest fucking tweet. Sorry, go ahead and I'll fucking look this up. But you get where I'm coming from, right? Like, it's it's so... It's so weird. Like, just that, you know, they've had this success... Tampa Bay was a favorite to win the cup and they just haven't looked good. Tampa figured them out in like game one. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's strange from that perspective, but what are your, what have your thoughts been, um, so far as you're watching it here? Uh, yeah, like I said earlier, like Tampa, I think it's just kind of just being able to be really fucking good. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, they're just, there's nothing too much to take away from it. Be like, yeah, they're good. Like the better team, like finally it's kind of, there's this like realization of like, yeah, if you build a good team, like it's, they're just going to be good kind of yeah. thing. Like it's, it's as, as random as hockey is and as random as the playoffs are, cause you can't really like the better team wins, like maybe 60% of the time in playoffs. Yeah. Like honestly, um, like better team on paper than like, yeah. Like, at the end of the day, sometimes it's just like good to see, be like, yep, that team deserved to win. Like as much as like Colorado, like if it, I think it was Colorado, Tampa, we'd have a lot more to talk about of being yeah. like, who's going to be the kind of, is Colorado becoming the next Tampa that they're going to be so competitive. But like, I don't know. Like it's, I think it's just nice to see like just this like kind of acceptance and being like, yep, a regular result other than like, teams just getting swept out of nowhere or like teams losing and losing a three, one lead and shit. But like, it's just kind of calming to see like a normal thing happen. Uh, and it's kind of like symbolic at the end of the, as our pandemic fucking year ends two years. Yeah. Later. I don't know this. It, it, it sounds weird, but like, I almost feel like I was so more, so much more excited when Pittsburgh went back to back than I am with Tampa yeah. going back to back. Yeah. I mean, the cap, you know, shit aside. And obviously like that's a narrative that is, is a real thing. And I get that people are frustrated, but like, you know, be frustrated with the NHL. Don't be frustrated with Breeze Bois. He's just playing, you know, by the rules as they're laid out for him. But like, if you think about this team, this is like the perfect playoff team 
Um, when yeah. you look at the depth, like, okay, so let me, <laughs> let me ask you this question. If we're looking and don't look, if we're looking at defensive pairings yeah. for the Tampa Bay Lightning, yeah. what pair, what pair do you think this is? One, two, or three. And the pair is Mikhail Sergachev and David Savard. What, two. where do you think they slot? Two. Three. <laughs> three. That's their third D pairing. Sergachev and Savard, which I'm not, I'm not, uh, Ryan McDonough and Chernak. I mean, yeah. Okay. Like I'm not even going to look at all the teams in the league, but without, without looking, I would guess that a defensive pair of Savard and Sergachev would be the number one defensive pairing on more than half of the teams in the league, including Uh, the Maple Leafs. Would you not take Sergachev and Savard? As your first D pairing over the Leafs' first D pairing this season, which was no, I think I would, Riley I would take, and Brody. I would take Brody and Riley over them. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I get what you're saying, and like yeah. as I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, I kind of like that pairing too. Yeah. But like, it's crazy, right? Like, this is a team that on their third, their third line, Goudreau, uh, Gordon Coleman, and obviously. Like those two dudes, um, Goudreau and, and Coleman are gonna get paid this summer. Yeah. Um, like that is probably better than at least 10 teams in the NHL's top first line. So yeah. like it's just it's crazy. And the thought that um, you know, that that like if they didn't win the cup, it would be insane if if you kind of dig in a little bit. Vasilevsky's the best goalie in the world. And Carey Price has been dominant this year. But the challenge that they're running into is where they were able to figure out teams really early. You know, we use the example of Montreal being able to figure out the Golden Knights fairly early on. Um, We're seeing a scenario where they just, they can't figure out the teams that they're playing against. And that is, is disparaging for them. And that's why they're getting smoked in this series. Yeah, I think I think it was just inevitability. Like it's just a matter of fact that like Tampa has been really good, so it just comes down to that. And um, yeah, I I loved like I said earlier, like I loved the Habs when they beat Vegas, but now it's just like acceptance of just be like, yep, time to move on to the like it was fun while it lasted kind of thing. And like and yeah, again, like you said, like the fucking hot takes are insane right now. Like, did you see the tweet that I sent you from Garrett McKegg? Yeah, what's weird about that tweet? Well, fucking. So he said. So this is the tweet for every everyone. Uh, I read it, but I I'm curious as kay. to what parts got you so worked up. It looks like the Habs are going to end the season end the season with the second best hockey team in the world. That isn't true. Uh, second best goalie <laughs> in the world. That isn't true. The best twenty one year old center. So that's very specific. Yeah. Um, and I think like literally he only has like Gabe Velarde and uh fuck, what's another 21? Uh, I forget. Um to compete with. And then like two of the best 20-year-olds in the NHL and eight picks in the first four rounds of the 2021 draft. Like I get the part, the like future is bright kind of thing. Like yes, but there's sure. a different way, to, there's a different way to say it of like the current like this is what kind of bugs me about people that want to like analyze hockey and the NHL and the professionally. Is that like you cannot take this playoff series as a way to determine who was the better team? No. Like Agreed. the fucking 
takes. And um, I'm fuck. What's her name? Uh, Iman, who writes for uh, mainly about Raptors and stuff um, and basketball in general. Um, I retweeted earlier, but she wrote a really good thing about just the like conclusions and like hot takes that come out of the NBA playoffs where like the better team usually wins, but just because a a player has a bad shooting performance that they're like, they're fucking terrible now. Like that's like, it's such like a snowball effect to be like a player has a couple, like seven really bad games, like in their, like that's not normal in their career. Then it just becomes like downhill and it could go the other way too. Like Trey young almost single-handedly beat out the Sixers like they, he played exceptionally like high percentage basketball. But then yeah. like, and now he's seen as like the next Steph Curry, where Steph Curry was like, is still better than him no matter what, because he's been doing it for like eight years now. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's a larger sample size and just a larger like accessibility to it. But like coming with those like conclusions to be like, this is the second best team because they made the final. Like it's not a very smart thing to do. Like, it's more of, like, if you were wanting to analyze stuff professionally, accept that it's a fucking weird thing to, like, determine this just in a tournament. And I might be mm-hmm. sounding too much like those people that say the President's Trophy is a more of a d- determinant of the better team compared to the Stanley Cup. Uh, I don't like that phrase, but I do think it, it, like, is undervalued of, like, the President's Trophy team. Like, that's still an achievement to be, like, the best team in the league over 82 games like over a full season yeah Um, but i think it's just like the immediate like direct conclusion that you come to of players of teams of management of trades of transactions of signings being like this player is really, really good signing because he um came up really good in game four and five well, if you didn't have that cap hit, then you could have signed another player. And he was so bad defensively in the regular season that you lost a couple of games because of him. And if you won those games, then you would have been a different seating and you kind of just could have gone farther than you did. Like, it's just, it's just like so many other contexts and little like things that I get that it's a story and I get that it's exciting because a lot of people are watching it and like watching these players play their game and like, you want to come to like conclusions and celebrate really good games, but yeah. to like have that immediate, just like arrow directly to like this player is better than this player. Then like, it's just like, uh, it's just so baffling and kind of backwards. And that's what I think Grant McKegg did in his tweet of talking about how Carey Price is the second best goalie in the world, where he didn't even have a very good mm-hmm. regular season. It was just that he played less and had less yeah. workload. And then like, sure. The future, the Habs future is great. But also don't fucking count your eggs, count your chickens before they hatch kind of thing. Like eight picks in the first four rounds, you'd be happy if two NHL players come out of that. Like like that's kind of a success story. And like literally the next week you said, we'll see Ghoul and Took. Like I don't even fuck, I know Brandon Ghoul, but like Brandon. Uh, It's Ghoulie and Tuck. Jesus Christ. Can you get their names right, please? But like literally, I don't fucking know. Like. But see, it's just like, like it's all like he literally said, and then and then Pele, Norlander, and Yellonen. I swear to fucking God, Montreal's been talking about Jesse Le- Yellonen, however you fucking <laughs> pronounce his name, for like 10 years now. 
They like, have. I mean, he must be like they 30. have, but but see the thing is, is like if you if you look at at their um you know if, if we look at their last few picks that they've had, they had no third round. So like let's look at last year, for example. So they got Caden Gooley first uh first round 16th overall, right? Then they got Luke Tuck uh second round pick 47th. Then they had the following pick after that, 48, they got Jan Meshack from Hamilton. Um, then they got Sean Farrell from Chicago steel. So he must be good if he's from Chicago steel and, you know, pretty decent, decent haul there. There's probably like Gooley's definitely going to play in the NHL. Luke Tuck, I could see Jan Meshack, maybe if he figures his skating out a little bit more. Uh, and Sean Farrell, like I said, he's from the Chicago Steel, so he'll be an all-star, right? But if you look at their previous year, like some of these guys, yeah, like the Jess or Jesse Yolanin or however you say it, yeah. um, like we've been waiting for him, right? And they have also had guys that they drafted. Like I remember, do you remember when Cole Fonstad got drafted in 2018, and people were losing their mind that they got him so late in the draft. Well, it hasn't worked out, unfortunately. I think I think they don't even have his rights anymore, right? Yeah. But they've had guys that have been like home runs. But like, it's all about it. Sports. Here, here's here's some information for you. You may not know <laughs> this. Sports is very subjective, right? Yeah. So, like, if we looked at Kotkaniemi, like. Three months ago, Montreal was ready to fire him like over the bridge, right? Like they were finished with him. And then he has a good playoff. He hasn't done a whole lot for them lately. But, you know, we we go through these ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys, ups and downs, hot and cold, right? And it's, it's tricky because like I get what Grant's trying to say in that tweet by being like, yeah, the future is bright. But yeah, like that, that's the one that makes sense. That's the point that makes sense. But but prospect analysis and scouting and all of this stuff is is very, very, very subjective, right? Yeah. And I have always been a bigger fan of people that are like, this is my guy, this is why he's my guy. Like, I'm taking this to the death, than someone who's like wishy-washy about a player. It's different when they're not in the NHL yet. Um, when they're in the NHL, they're obviously a little bit more established and people know who they are. But like at the same time, I would guess that 99% of Montreal Canadiens fans have no idea who Luke Tuck is. Yeah, I don't. So, right. So like, and and that's what I mean, right? Like there's yeah. a select few of people who are really into it or really into, you know, prospects or valuation or any of that shit that are that are like they know who these players are they can speak to strengths and weaknesses but like i love your analogy like you cannot count your chickens before they hatch because a lot of them don't make it to the nhl yeah. and a lot of them might carve out a great ahl career or they might make a great career playing in the german league for all we know right but yeah it's it's weird and and personally i wouldn't even say that montreal is in like the top five. Of yeah, like Minnesota. Pools. Minnesota has a better better prospect pool because they have better talent at the top. I feel like completely agree. Completely yeah. agree with that. And that's they're... not to say that those players won't be good players. But like, if we, I don't know, would it be unreasonable to say that Montreal's top prospect right now, now that Cole Caulfield's playing in the league, is 
I don't even know who it would be. It would probably be uh, it, it would probably be Caden Gooley. And even there, Caden Gooley's probably going to be playing like like he's going to be a really good number four or a number three on a team. Like he's not a top pairing defenseman. So like, anyways, it doesn't matter. We yeah. don't need to like get into the to the you know itsy bitsy stuff of it. It's just um, listen, Montreal fans. If you don't win, you don't win. You probably weren't going to win against Tampa Bay. Literally, you beat like, everybody else, but you weren't going to beat Tampa Bay, unfortunately. It's not, I know it's hard to like get this kind of feeling and like just acceptance while you're in the middle of it. And maybe this is a conversation for like late Carter? August, late August. Oh. Yeah, Carter <laughs> to have Carter to have it in, in late August, but like you were considered like a 20% chance of winning the series against the Leafs. Like your first round, you could have been swept and people would be like, yeah, okay. Like you could have not won a game. And so far you've won 12. Yeah. So take that and kind of just like, I don't know. You might look back on it and just be like, I just, it's almost like it's so the, the only championship run other than like soccer. And that is different a little bit because I'm not there like physically. But yeah. it's almost like the 2015 Jays, where it's like you kind of look back on it and be like, "Wow, what a team!" Like that was such a cool team, and and like a team of a core that was like heralded around the league, and it was a good run, and it kind of sucked that it finished the way it did, but at the end of it, like it was still kind of memorable, and I had a great time. Like, and they didn't even make the final; they didn't make the World Series. Like, it's just like that just take it as it is like there was zero expectation coming into the season like i doubt anyone had any has fan was like yeah we're gonna make it to the stanley cup final this year um other than less like the grant mckagger jack todd but yeah like i don't know it's it's fine just chill yeah i think i can i think yeah you've been building that up yeah I mean, i ended my sentence early No, no, you're good. I just think it's like insane that people just can't be happy with like what it is. Like if the Leafs were in the finals, I'd be doing backflips. Like I'd be psyched. It'd be great. But But like be saying like that they deserve to be there. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't deserve, they didn't deserve to be there. And like, I know that I can be uh, emotional about hockey sometimes. And I, I try my very best to be as objective as I can be. And I've understood Um, And and I think this is really important that people need to understand is you need to a understand what your biases are and understand that for you to, for you to watch hockey and get like upset and all those things, those are all human feelings. But like, I know there is a population of Leafs Twitter right now. I'm not going to name names, but there's, there's, yeah, you'd love that. Wouldn't you? So totally offside, this absolute, (laughs) no, Um, but you know, who are, who are still like genuinely really hurt about the Leafs losing to the Habs. Yeah. And I get that. And I, and I, and trust me, I don't need you to re like repeat the messages that I sent to you and Carter in the chat when they lost, because I would probably punch myself in the head if I got to read them and in the moment, be mad, be really mad. But like, you also have to look at it a couple months from now and go like, if the biggest thing in your life right now is that they didn't play, ju- they didn't play <laughs> Jason Spezza higher in the lineup. Like, you know, I, I just, 
like I want you to like go for a walk basically right like it's 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 this type of stuff that like is crazy to me and the people like I saw on Twitter the other day people tweeting at Angela Price like Carrie Price's wife be like your fucking husband can't save shit motherfucker right and I'm just thinking like what you think that he's about to walk in their condo tonight? She's like, and she's gonna be like, "Are you fucking serious, Carrie? You couldn't go short side there? Are you fucking serious? Like, come yeah. on, get a fucking grip." Like, imagine and- if in their price in the in the Price family home that they have a speaker hooked up to their Instagram replies. And yeah, it plays it out loud every time you send one. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like, listen, I don't, I don't like, I'm not going to get into the politics of this because I know people are all all over the place on this, but recently there was a Toronto police officer that was killed in the line of duty this past week. Right. However you feel about it. It's sad. It's someone lost their life. Someone lost their father. Someone lost their brother, whatever the circumstances It's sad. Mitch Marner tweets that like, you know, um, the first tweet in months, probably, I, I don't know. And says like, you know, my condolences, whatever, whatever, whatever. If you look at the first like 15 replies to that tweet, it's like, oh, no. oh I wish you cared more about scoring on the power play than you do about this. <laughs> and it's like, you guys are fucked. Yeah. Go for a walk. Why are yeah. you acting like this? This is outs- like, this is outrageous. Right. And I I don't know, like far be it for me to tell you how to live your life and what for you to do with your fandom. But like that is some psychopathic behavior. And if we see that stuff for Carey Price or or Nick Suzuki or Cole Caulfield, I don't expect the younger guys to really get it. It's Kotkaniemi that usually kind of gets the brunt of it. Unfortunately, you're a psychopath. You need to go outside. You need to go for a walk, drink from a water fountain. Maybe don't drink from a water fountain. Uh, get your vaccines. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Am I alone in this, Thomas? Or do you no. share how absolutely insane all of this is? Yeah, it's it's just fucked. Because like it's been a thing in a while. And not not to always be the general sports guy that I've already literally brought up, brought up like comparisons in sports already like twice or three times this episode. Um, but this happens a lot in soccer. And a lot of it's racially driven. Um, kind of like black players just get more abuse online and racist stuff thrown at them. Yeah. Um, and it happened to the NHL too. And we've seen already this Ethan Bear stuff that oh, happened yeah. once Disgusting. Edmonton got yeah, once Disgusting. Edmonton got swept. Um, but yeah, it's just unfortunate. Like, you just need to take a second and like fucking chill. Like, honestly, like it's a game after everything. I don't know. You could just like it's a gray area of like takes and feelings and like you could be like enraged in the moment like you were once the Leafs got like uh killed in the first round but like you could just and then like take a breather like just like you could realize be like okay that's sports like shit happens like eventually maybe you'll happen in the Leafs favor and like in like 20 years in like 20 years when Matthews is like Joe Thornton's age and fucking doing random shit on a, on like the leaf still after go after winning a couple cups in Arizona. Um, then he can like 
then he'll come back and and then maybe the Leafs will be the team that comes back against like the Seattle Kraken or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Like it's just like it's shit happens and that's kind of just the thing of sports and like one year and one season is just one season and mm-hmm. um it is funny that literally like yesterday they made history about being have the having the longest longest Stanley Cup trout yeah in NHL history so we're talking about that but uh yeah it's sports it's 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 <laughs> it's that it's all of that but like the people that are like you're gonna have to earn my trust back Kyle oh Dubis I'm like listen Kyle Dubis is sleeping in his beautiful <laughs> Toronto condo yeah. not worried about Leafs fans 69 420 and what they got to say about his decisions right so if you if if you are if you are that guy that's like you know setting fire to your 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 Frederick Modine jersey <laughs> that you got in the nineties, oh like be my guest, but don't come back, don't come back. Be a Seattle yeah. Kraken fan, cheer for a different team, all of this stuff, because you know and I know that the Leafs are going to sign somebody. At, like let's say for example, Hyman doesn't come back, they get another top six winger. I know he's going to be your, your Twitter profile picture. I know you're going to do this deep-seated analysis about why this player fits in with Marners and Matthews so well. Like, pick a side. Pick a side. But don't be a piece of shit online. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got to say about that. Um, sorry, I'm, like, actually a little worked up about this right now. Because I just think it's insane. Like, I think online, like bullying and craziness is just it's insane and like i understand they get paid 11 million dollars a year they can stand some criticism criticism about the way they play and criticism about who they are as human beings are two very different things so go take a lap you know go go figure it out anyway sorry buddy go ahead no let's uh i wanted to talk about eric sinek yeah, 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 yeah. So don't know if you guys heard, but uh, my hiatus from Hockey Wilderness has been lifted. I wrote a story about uh, about my boy, Ratu, R2 Ratu. Um, if you Ra- say- Is it, is it at, Ratu or Ratty? It's Ratu. It's R2 Ratu. R-A-T-Y is Ratu? It's the way it's pronounced in Finnish, man. What? I don't speak it. R2 Ratu. Not Aturati. Let me see this uh, elite prospect's pronunciation. Man, you don't have to go very far because he retweeted it. And <laughs> yeah. uh, is that actually him? Yeah, it's probably his agent, I'm guessing. But yeah, I don't know. Is it are me and Aturati friends? I don't know. Read into it however you will. Um, but uh, anyways, check that out on Hockey Wilderness. Uh, Thomas, I'm going to write another uh, another prospect thing probably today or tomorrow. Now you know. Oh, who are you writing about? Uh, there's a couple of people I'm interested in. I don't want to spoil it just yet. Um, but there's a couple of, uh, you know, hot takes uh, on the internet about uh, some players that are coming up this year. Uh, so I don't know. I might dive into another uh, divisive player, such as uh, my good friend Archie Ratu. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Erickson X uh, extension. And also, I want to give this the right, uh, you know, love here. But let's start with this. Do you think because of the flat cap, we're going to see more long-term extensions up to eight years long 
with a lower average annual value um, because of the flat cap. Because I think we've seen both Erickson Eck and Nugent Hopkins, two guys who both have uh, two last names with a hyphen in between. Erickson Eck doesn't have a hyphen. That's just your opinion. You don't know that for sure. Uh, no, let's, let's hear what your thoughts are, buddy. Um, yeah, it's a great contract. Like he, he has become one of the best, like defensive centers, um, defensive forwards in the NHL. So you kind of pay for that already. And then his offense kind of exploded at the right time. He scored 19 goals this season, um, his career high. So it might be like banking too much on the offense, but I think he is a very good middle six center, no matter what. Um, and you kind of have to pay for that. So, yeah. And I think with the eight year extension thing, I forget who I saw reported it, but, or like kind of dove deeper, maybe it's pretty LeBron, LeBron, honestly, but, um, cause all the financial shit goes over my head and, uh, CBA stuff and contract stuff, but their base salaries are, indicative more towards them of like for change in escrow i don't fucking know um but it basically it's saying like they signed longer deals they changed their base salary and bonus structure that it's more beneficial for them depending on what is going with the league cba at that time um so yeah i think we might be able to see that in in longer deals and maybe it won't be eight-year extensions or seven-year free agency deals but it'll be players like that usually get just a one year, like league men deal, maybe get like a, I don't know, two year or something, or like kind of opt for that longer security. Um, Cause even if they get bought out later when the flat cap's gone, then they still get their money. Um, Some of it, at least not all of it, they don't get all of it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it, I think this summer is going to be really interesting. And I think for the wilds, especially it's going to be fucked. Like we could spend a long time. Cause I've basically been writing about it for like a week now, um, just yeah. about their summer and like their, so they, before Erickson X was signed, they had to sign him, Kevin Fiala and Kaprizov, which are arguably their top, definitely their top three forwards. And then arguably like three of their top five players um, in general. So like it's it was fucked and then like and then the expansion draft going on and then all while that going on you have a player in Kaprizov demanding that they improve their center position um before he signs a new contract uh so there's just that little tidbit of pressure for for uh GM Bill Guerin also to improve center um before Kaprizov inks a deal but I don't know. I think Erickson Eck just deserved that much and maybe even more, but I think that security is just good for him. And like, you yeah. kind of look at his deal compared to uh, Sean Couturier's and like that deal that he signed. And just like, it's very banking on the offense to continue and the defense to always be there. And Couturier has been so good defensively for his entire career, but his offense has kind of like been on a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, yeah. but he got really good like the last couple of years. So maybe it'll be just Erickson Eck finding that part of his game. And they kind of are similar players. Um, Erickson Eck's a little bit smaller, but still um, it's a very similar style. So I think it's just a good kind of a solid one to get out of the way first and kind of be like, okay, that's sorted. And then they could focus on Fiala and Kaprizov. And if those players um, need shorter term deals, because 
they don't really see that going really well um yeah for like a larger cap it than sure but and i wrote this about um on hockeybulletins.com um in a little in a little article uh but if matt dumba is taken or traded away uh by taken by seattle in the expansion draft so he's exposed or if he's traded away before then and not a lot of salaries coming back then maybe you'll see fiala and kaprizov pony up for a longer term deal because there's more cap available so that could be kind of like a thing that garen will wait and see at until after the expansion draft to see who who seattle takes um or if he trades them away before then, see how much cap they have to play with before signing those two guys. Because they are so damn good and they're only they're both 24. And all it's all four, all three forwards are the same age. Uh, I think it's like yeah. years are different, but right now they're all 24. So it's this like trio of guys that they just need to sign. And like if they can keep guarantee at least like four years of them all playing together still and still having that ability. Because also you think of their blue line having a very like shortened lifespan how they currently are built because they're all getting older um you really only have three or four years left to play within that those those players so if you kind of see it that way then they kind of just keep everyone together and if they can do that then that's a win no matter what even if Kaprizov has to like get walked right to free agency or do you just buy one UFA year and he's 28 by the time he's UFA then that's honestly if you get five years out of Kaprizov then I think that would, I think a lot of fans would take that two years ago. Yeah. Um, so well, and he still goes down as probably one of the best <laughs> players uh, for for the Wild probably ever, right? Even yeah. at that point, right? I think the other thing that's interesting, um, and I'm going to read a quote from an article. Um, let me find it here. Okay, I'm going to read the quote word for word. Okay. Quote, it's important to note that although we haven't always seen the dynamic offensive Erickson Eck that he was when he was younger, some of the best two-way centers also took a little bit longer to find the touch in their game. Ryan O'Reilly, Sean Couturier, and Alexander Barkov worked out, right? It's taken longer than expected, but he'll figure it out. Do you know who said that? You. I said that. That's right. (laughs) I said that. In an article on December second, twenty twenty, for hockeywilderness.com. And listen, I'm not, I'm not kind of saying that I was right. Oh my god! But I you predicted the Eriksson offensive explosion. Well, no, it's not that. It's just like this is what happens with with two way players, right? And the the challenge that happens every single time, any time in my hockey life as a fan, as a scout, whatever, doesn't matter is that it always takes longer because they're often pigeonholed as a two-way center that may not be, might not be playing top six minutes, right? Might not be seeing time on the PP are probably seeing time on the PK, right? Yeah. And often they put so much emphasis because of their coach into being exemplary on their defensive side that the offensive side takes a back seat. And then once they've got the defensive part figured out, you start to see flashes, right? <clears throat> but when I wrote that article in December, whenever it was, I guess it would have been in November when I wrote it. If you look at what he was able to do leading up to this point, 
it's it's it wouldn't have taken like a scientist to figure this out that it was going to probably happen right um i don't know i love him i he's probably yeah. one of my favorite players in the league he's definitely my favorite player on the wild sorry jordan greenway he's up there too um but it's yeah it's it's interesting to me because i think like i love this deal it's like from a cap perspective i thought yeah. if they could get him under 6 it was going to be a win um It'll be interesting to see what plays out. Now, what I don't know about the contract structure, and I don't know if you've already said it, and I just wasn't paying attention, but a lot of these contracts, it'll be interesting because they want to have long-term contracts so that they can lower the AAV. But what can sometimes happen too is that they backload the deals and they don't want to backload. Well, they do want to backload deals because of the pandemic. So they're not spending as much real money today as they are six or seven years from now or eight years in this case. Right. But then you don't like to backload contracts because if they completely fall off the cliff, then their trade value goes out the window and you end up paying more if I'm not mistaken, uh, not mistaken, if you buy them out. So it's interesting because I think that for Nugent Hopkins as well, I'm not worried about either of these two players because I think that they both skate well enough that they'll be able to be productive um, in their later years playing in the NHL. But for some of these guys, um, an eight-year contract makes me a little bit nervous, right? So there's talks right now about, well, talks. Here's what some people are saying on the internet. <laughs> what if the Leafs are able to sign Hyman to a $3 million AAV for eight years. And I'm like, yo, Hyman's going to be, that can't happen. That can't happen. That can't happen. That can't happen. I love Zach Hyman, but he, he, I wouldn't say skating is a strength of his to begin with, not to mention what his skating is going to look like when he's 35. That's yeah, he's already, problem. he's already banged up already. Like he well, that's what I mean. this season. That's what I mean. Like with his knee. Right. So yeah. it's just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's asinine. An eight-year contract doesn't work for every player, but I do feel very strongly about this contract. Uh, the Ryan Nugent Hopkins one, I probably like it six years better than eight years. Yeah. Um, but you know, you do what you got to do in a flat cap to pay your players. Right. So. Yeah. And like Eric Zanek is still so young, like the contract ex expiring when he's 32. Right. Like it's so many players are still effective when they're 32. Like, right. Jason Spets is 37, going to be 38. Like, holy shit. Like, right. like, it's just like, and so with the base salary, he's getting paid 3 million, 3 million, then 6 million, then 9 million, 7, 5, 6, 4, 5, 3. So those are the two years, the 9, 7, 5, that I think those yeah. two years are getting changed with escrow or whatever. Um, yeah. And those are his first two UFA years as well. So you kind of have to pay a lot for them. But like, right. I think he's just going to be so fucking good for so long. Like, and I think generally, like when you're talking about those players, like Couture, O'Reilly and uh, Barkov, they're the three players that like have been heralded for like, how the fuck did they get signed to these deals? They're so underpaid. Like, yeah. it's just like a matter of fact that defense is so cheap in NHL, like just in general, like you don't have to pay a lot for it and it might help you win a lot of fucking hockey games. So like that might be the way to go. And like, you could always see players getting better offensively, but their defensive game usually stays the same. You won't see Erickson Eck change defensively that much over the year of this, over the span of this contract. Yeah. Like, do you see like any drop off 
in his game. Like not really, unless everything, absolutely everything drops off. And yep. like, I don't know. It's not a, it's not a big comparison, but like, and Jonathan Taves was putting up way more points than Eric Sinek, but it's like a similar thing where you, you could just keep on playing them and you just at the same level. Yep. So I think it's just a perfect deal um, for right now. And it kind of gives some stability and at least some like comfort in like the, the wilds future with Kaprizov and Fiala still up. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be a really good deal. I feel like, and it's just, um, just the first one, the first thing that Garen has to do this summer and it's kind of figured out now. So at least you got yeah. one of them, right? So, um, what I will say is, is I never read the comments on things I write because, um, like, you know, I don't want to like feel bad or whatever, <laughs> I don't yeah. put that through, put myself through that. But if you look at the comments to that article, uh, there's a lot of hilarious comments. He will never be an offensive player. <laughs> like he's a hundred foot player. <laughs> like just fantastic. I, lo- I love our, right. I love our readers, but some of you guys need to have some faith in, uh, in Jeek. All right. Yeah. So well, anyways, um, you got anything else you want to talk about big dog? Um, no, we'll probably have an expansion draft episode and a normal draft episode coming up. That'll be kind of the two weeks. Um, so we'll touch on that stuff later. Um, yep. but yeah, it'll be, I think it's going to be a crazy summer because there'll be like a lot of teams wanting to see their success and even like financially, like it might be a lot of pressure from ownership for different teams. Like fans are finally allowed, please be competitive. Like, yeah kind of yeah thing. no i agree so i don't know we'll have to see what happens but um this was fun this was yeah. fun i like i like a little sunday morning episode this is this is a nice yeah. change of pace just have some coffee i've yeah. uh i watched a couple episodes of the sopranos before i started i like um, it did you, you see know? the trailer for the new movie yes yeah i did how much does his son look like him with a, a toupee lot yeah holy eyes and shit yeah like so uh, it's so crazy i can't wait to see it um like you i watched the sopranos for the first time uh through the pandemic uh don't regret it at all great show um but yeah yo you know it's a show i'm going to be revisiting soon what dexter okay so we i watched that as my whole family while i was coming out so that was a show that we always watched on Sundays. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and we loved it so much. And like the, we just suffered through, wait, are you rewatching it or watching it for the first time? No, I'm rewatching it okay. uh, for the first. No, no, no. Like I watched it all when it was on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Emily hasn't seen it. So we, we, I tried to get her to start watching. I think we watched the first couple episodes, but then we like watched something else and started something else. But uh, yeah, I've been meaning, I've, been wanting to rewatch that. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be really good, especially because they're redoing basically uh, yeah. the ending, which is good. No spoilers, but the ending was not that great. Um, so the fact that they're going to do that's cool. And uh, I just think just from um, like, I don't think people understand how big that show was when it was on TV. Like it was so popular um and yeah i i can't wait i think it's going to be a great show um i did want to ask you a quick question before we wrap up uh, and i promise there's an end in sight to this year but 
of all of the different things that people can be a fan of, like fandom wise, who do you think are the worst fans? What? <laughs> like, so like, like think of all pop the different culture fandoms. or like sports? pop culture. Move, well, let's not do sports. Let's think like pop culture slash movie. Let's do entertainment. So like TV shows, movies. Who do you think are the worst fans out of all of them? Let's make some enemies here. Oh no, no. Say it and then tell me why. I can't say Say it. it. Say it, then tell me why. I can't choose. I know. I know if Carter was here, he would have some spicy meatballs. So there's three. Um, There's three fandoms that are actively bad. There's one that's definitely bad is Harry Potter. If you're really fucking into Harry Potter, you're fucking idiot. That's what's Uh, up. You did make a sorting hat reference uh, in this podcast, so that's a bit spicy, but okay. Okay, maybe I'll edit that out. I'll bleep that out. (laughs) Just a blink hat. A beep hat. And then you'll just have to guess. Um, Redacted. Redacted. Yeah. Just my voice being like, uh, non-sorting hat. Yo, before... uh, before you continue, could I tell you that uh, when Robin and I went uh, like on our honeymoon to Florida, we went to that Harry Potter world, like oh, yeah. within the theme park. And uh, if you want to see some grownups uh, acting up, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that's where you go. That's where you go. I, I'll, I went... I'll send oh, you a sorry. picture that you can tweet out. Sorry, buddy. Uh, I'll send you a picture you can tweet out of Robin and I drinking, uh, what's it called? The butterbeer? Because that shit that shit slaps. But there were like full men uh, like wearing capes and stuff. And listen, I'm not judging. Like if that's what makes you happy, power to you. Uh, But um, yeah, it was it was definitely uh, kind of a weird vibe. Here I am in my Florida Panthers hat. You can see uh, Hogwarts in the background there. but anyhow, okay, what's the second one? I'm so looking forward okay, to These it. two are more like if you like the uh like thing, then like it's fine. But if you're really into it, you're like fucking it sucks. So the first one's Marvel. Uh, <laughs> Dude, you're gonna get some shit for this one. I like, like it. Yeah, I don't give a shit about superhero movies, and they're kind of played out. Like it was cool watching like some of them at the first times, like when the first Avengers came out. I don't think I think I watched half of it and then shut it off. Um, okay. Yeah, and then I kind of just like stopped watching it. Um, but yeah, it's just like it's just played out, honestly. Like people that are so into it are fucking like it just sucks. It just sucks. <laughs> like like they're gonna be like it's just it's become so big that like that's everyone's whole identity sometimes yes yes like yeah i don't know um, i think you could even i think you could even say uh so like let me be clear i love marvel i love dc i love all of that shit but i'm also not the guy dressing up as iron man to <laughs> wheel down to the cineplex in the south end of barry uh you know when it, avengers comes out you know yeah. what i mean i'm not that guy but i do like the movies um i have seen all of them on opening weekend for sure you don't have like a um, black widow body pillow 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not doing that. Like you're doing too much. I think maybe at that point, but I also think, um, and because they'll never listen to it, we'll go with it. I met a girl, one of raw, uh, you know what? I'm not just edit it out. Just, I'm not even going to make the comment just so it doesn't get back. Here's what I'll say though. People uh, are like so that stuff. about Disney properties. So Star okay, Wars, no, okay. I'm also complete. like that with Star Wars. Let, I'm not saying that you're saying that. I'm just saying that no. Disney owns Marvel and they own Star Wars, but like they also own National Geographic. And I'm not seeing a lot of you showing love for that property. Yeah. Not as much. I think Star Wars is awesome. I love all that shit too. But like you're not seeing me Good. wheeling around with a Jedi braid around the Kozlov Center, right? That's Good. not me. Qui Gon Chris. Qui Gon, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So uh, okay, what is uh, the other one? Uh, yeah, like okay, so the other one was whatever, but I forgot like Disney as a whole, like yeah. Disney in general, like Disney people. Um, like so, I was in Sarnia this past weekend. I saw uh like a window sticker, okay. and it was written in Disney font, and it was like, oh, fuck, what did it say? these nuts is it was like it no said? it was like it was like all i need is my starbucks and my disney and it was like cool. disney font and a starbucks car. it was like so fucking nice. bad um yeah. but yeah like disney people are fucking mm. weird well it's so like, that weird makes... that you you saw my vehicle like i was actually in sarnia for their import draft uh stuff and yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. no that's my vehicle mm-hmm. yeah starbucks and disney that's me yeah um anyways so yeah that's like that's goes under our whole umbrella but this is separate from disney okay um, let's hear it the last one's game of thrones if you're, if you're, <laughs> yeah if you're really fucking yes, into it yes, yes, like yes. calling calling like hillary clinton like uh khaleesi and shit okay yeah, <laughs> like, that's weird that's uh okay. yeah like getting really fucking into it like i yeah Emily and I started watching it during the pandemic. I think we're like in the middle of season three. Okay. Um, this is like, we should watch this because it's like, it's been so talked about and it's more so like just catching up with pop culture kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's fine. It's a fine show. And I know it'll be like, I'll probably get annoyed by like how bad it is the last couple seasons. Um, but like, it's just fine. Like it was fine as books and it was cool. Like, but it got, again, it got so big kind of similar to Marvel that it's just like you get people that are completely obsessed with it. Like, yeah. Ha- like their, <laughs> Oh no. Their Facebook profile is like them sitting in like an iron throne at fan expo or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of yeah. whole um, vibe and shit, but yeah. So that's, my yeah. Idea. They're like, they're like main Tinder photo is them like sitting in like a snowstorm and it's like winter is coming, but like, you know anyways it is the jokes write themselves um okay so those are your top three yeah can i introduce you to the super boss of all of the fandoms are you ready fast and the furious people okay that's bad because my brother-in-law is one of them yeah (laughs) yeah it's not good man i haven't watched i got love for your So let me tell you something. 
Robin and I love the oh, Fast yeah. and the Furious movies. We love them. We've seen all of them. Very similar to like the Marvel thing I said a little while ago. Opening weekend, we're there. Popcorn, drinks, the whole thing, right? But let me tell you, there is a difference between me and Robin rolling up to see this movie and a 2018 Tucson than some of these guys wheeling out there and a 95 Acura lowered, you know, with the muffler going, you know, let me make this abundantly clear to all these people. You're just a normal guy. You're not Vin Diesel. You might drive a car that looked like Vin Diesel's car. You are not Vin Diesel. Okay. So when, when the new movie came out, Robin and I saw it at the drive-in the day it came out, which was our first mistake, huge mistake, but we love the drive-in. We usually go like once every two weeks, once a week, sometimes, whatever. Yeah. So we go and see it. The fucking people bringing out their cars to go and see this movie in a thunderstorm, the day it comes out is concerning. It's big concerning. And basically, have you ever been to a drive-in before, Thomas? Yeah. So the drive-in has like kind of mounds all throughout the property, right? And you got to put your car up so that it's elevated enough that you can see the screen. Some of, excuse me, some of these cars were so lowered that they couldn't. (laughs) And we saw a Honda Civic get stuck because it could go up. It could not come down from this hill. So um, anyways, we see the movie, great movie, not as good as the other ones, no spoilers. But anyways, the following week, Robin and I want to go see the Conjuring movie because it's in theaters and whatever. We like scary movies. We're driving and this minivan, I'm not even exaggerating, is riding our ass the entire way from Barrie to Shanty Bay to like Oro where the theater is, right? So we're going. This car, this like lowered infinity cuts us off and I have to slam on the brakes. The minivan behind me is going so fast that they almost rear-ended us. So I let the car go because at this point they were already halfway in the lane. And the guy behind me in this white caravan is hammering the horn, okay? (laughs) We get to the drive-in. There is a 15-minute lineup to get into the drive-in theater. And my man on the last stretch of road before you get there does a fucking... um, a pit maneuver NASCAR style goes all the way around me in his like 2014 caravan as fast as this vehicle is possibly able to go. And I said to Robin, I said, this guy's going to fast and furious. I guarantee it. Screen one at Barry sunset drive driving. Okay. Sure as shit. This guy goes and sees it. Right. And it got me thinking if we died, so that this guy in the minivan behind me could go and see Fast and the Furious and ultimately sit in a lineup that was unavoidable because of how busy they were on Canada Day weekend, that is a way that I'm not going out. So Fast and the Furious, you are the number one worst fandom. I put that on my tombstone. <laughs> it's over. Well, I've never seen it, so I'll have to say... <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, listen, let's wrap up. Happy Independence Day to our American listeners. Uh, happy Canada Day for the people uh, who celebrate. Um, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about um, the awful, awful, awful stuff that's coming out uh, in the last several months. Um, to our First Nation community, anybody who listens, uh, we're with you. We're listening. Um, it's it's devastating. However you celebrate, you know, your country, Canada or the U.S., um, now more than ever, take some time to listen and understand to what's going on. Um, I think that's super important. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Thomas? Uh, no, not really. I don't know. I, I just don't think it was a time to um, be proud of the country that we live in. Um, so, yeah. So yeah. I'm hoping that we can be proud of the future, although we don't have much to be proud about from the past, especially as it yeah. relates well, even uh, in the, to in the, the First present. Nations community. No, definitely not. So, There's some work to be done. I agree. No. I'm with you, buddy. Anyhow, thanks for listening, what guys. Sour, what a note to leave. <laughs> well, no, but it's it's not. It's just we gotta, no, we gotta well, acknowledge it, right? Yeah, exactly. We're our fucking podcast is called Hosers. Right. We would be it would be short-sighted of us to not mention it. Um, yeah. and it's just it's important that the conversations happen. So um you know, it, it, here's the thing. Two white guys on a podcast talking about it aren't going to make the impact, but we will listen um, and we will certainly do our best uh, to amplify voices uh, of people who need to be heard. Um, but, you know, that that's that's really all I have yeah. to say about that as far yeah. as that goes. Yeah. But anyways, Carter, if you're listening to this, I hope you're safe. You need to be home this week. I'm worried that you're off the wagon. You're eating, you know, our, our vegan prince is eating Montreal smoked meat sandwiches oh. and ripping poutine, you know, all he's, up and down. He's uh he's supposed to bring us a couple bagels back. So oh nothing better. Nothing better. So. Anyways, buddy, good chatting with you. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Uh, I can't wait to see the photos of uh Chris on top of an overturned cop car, just like <laughs> just tarps off, just swinging around like. And here's the thing you'd never know. Are we talking about a potential riot that could happen if Tampa Bay wins? Or are we talking about the next installment of Fast and the Furious? You'd never know. You'd never know. Yeah. So Carter Lupel. Carter Lupel. We love him. And the Lupels that are with him. That's a troop. Yeah. That's a troop. Yeah. Fast and Furious. What are you talking about? Uh, Carter in bed or something? Or uh... (laughs) you. Let's leave it at that. That's filthy. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, I love Fast it. Okay. Fast and Furious. What are you talking about? Uh, the. Uh... <laughs> I don't fucking know. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, and you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram if you're yeah. interested in that kind of thing. At Killer yeah. Puck. Thomas, what about if, you? If, if you're listening to this podcast right now, until the very end, I want you to, because I will eventually tweet this link out, um, to reply to the tweet with a Fast and the Furious gift. <laughs> yeah, just say you, say your favorite hated 
franchise and it won't even make sense i like it no you uh, should just definitely say, do that just say r.i.p paul walker in the and class. um do the thing that drives me absolutely ballistic i meant to talk about this at the beginning of the podcast if yeah. you start your tweet with vibe check we're done i want Finish. everyone listening to this right now to reply to the tweet that we send out <laughs> at takeoff hosers with vibe check and as many emojis as you can. Ew, don't do that. Don't, please don't. It's a vibe, bro. I hate it's a vibe. So this podcast hey is guys, a vibe. Hey, guys, like slammed my finger in a car door. Vibe check? It's a vibe. Uh, the vibe is bad. I have a broken well, finger. We, we stand my broken can't finger. can't hear you, Thomas. Your we stand my broken finger. Oh, boy. Hello? Okay, I don't know what's happening. I can't hear you anymore. Oh. Still can't hear you. Okay, we're gonna wrap it up. Hello. Listen to hosers. Can you hear me? Be responsible. Get vaccinated. Can you hear me? And uh, can you hear me? You guys, next time, still can't hear you. Okay, <laughs> love you. Bye. Look.